Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We want to be a place where you can own your faith and take next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe your next step is to seek out a community and join a movement group. Maybe it's supporting movement financially for the first time or using your gifts on a volunteer team. Whatever God is calling you to do, our prayer is that you will step out in faith and let Him lead you. For more information about your next step, please visit movementcolumbus.com. I want to I want to say welcome to Movement Church's 10th anniversary celebration. And if you're someone that's crying, you can feel right at home. I think I've cried like six times today already. So uh, it is it is good to be together. When uh, when we started uh, Movement, someone told me that oftentimes uh, Christians, people, churches are are good at always looking at what's ahead and always looking at the next thing and always running after the next thing. And sometimes we're not good at at just pausing and looking at the past and, and being grateful and being thankful. And so it's it's good to just do that uh, today, just to, to stop and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I hope that uh, maybe you got a chance to look at the 1,400 photos that, that surround this room and just be reminded of God's faithfulness. Uh, these, these photos celebrate new believers and, and celebrate baptisms, new relationships, restored marriages, new marriages, new groups, new leaders, new ministries, new churches, and, and new life. And, and for that, we are, we are grateful and, and we are thankful. And, and we just want to say, God, thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for carrying us. Thank you uh, for guiding us on this. And as Jeremy said, we want to just give God the glory uh, for everything that's, that's said and done and, and celebrated today. Uh, we we're, we're so honored to, uh, to to just have guests with us. I, I talked to uh, uh, friends and, and different people that are in town. I talked to some people who are here for the first time. So if you're looking around and thinking everyone's an old friend, they might not be. So you better talk to someone on your way out. Okay, you better better meet a person. But we want to say we want to say thank you to to the nine churches that helped us get started, to the organizations that helped us get started, that coached and mentored us, those who have given financially, those who have uh, just supported us and up lifted us in, in so many ways. I want to say thank you to those of you who attend movement and, and who are just faithfully here week in and week out and giving and contributing and supporting. I know there are people here who are on our launch team, who God has taken other places to church plants to the other side of the country. We want to say thank you to you, whatever your involvement has been, however you've been tied uh, to movement church, you're, you're forever a part of our story and, and you're our family. And so we want to say thank you. Uh, I did want to say a, a special thank you to uh, a group of people today. Uh, there are there are a group of people who were on our original launch team who, for one reason or another, are, are still here and are still sticking it out. I, I, maybe they just can't find a better church or something. I don't know. But uh, there, there are some people, and so I just want to say thank you to them. On top of my wife, Kristen, and I, there's Jack and Courtney McEverkin, uh, Josh and Ashley Howard, our good friend Phil Hill, and, and Jeremy and Kristen Nolan. And Ryan Janosko. And so those people have been here for the 10 years uh, from the beginning, from the moment we asked people to commit uh, giving and serving and sacrificing. And, and so I just want to say thank you to them uh, from the bottom of my heart. A lot, a lot can change in 10 years. In fact, to, to show that, I, I brought a picture of my, my family. Uh, you, can, you can see 
Uh, some of you are in this phase right now where you're like, have that first, maybe second kid on the way, thinking about the third. You can see the tiredness in our eyes right there as we're in that phase of life. We hadn't even planted movement yet, and you're like, nah, I don't think those two are doing so great. So uh, if you're a tired parent here today, you're also amongst family and, and friends, but that was the Art Trip family uh, back then, and, and this, is, this is the Art Trip family now, and so things, things have changed. Some people in that picture are taller than me, and I'm okay with that. I'm not mad about it, right? Uh, another thing that's changed, I, I stopped wearing stretchy skinny jeans from H&M in the last 10 years, and I think we can all say amen, right, to that. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. Uh, another thing, uh, 10 years ago, uh, LeBron James didn't even have a championship, and now we all wildly consider him the greatest basketball player of all time, and I think we agree on that. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, I just wanted to see, I wanted to see if the middle-aged men were paying attention. I just like to get them mad talking about Kobe and MJ. All right. So you got to watch that, uh, that video a couple minutes ago. You got to see, uh, the timeline that led up to our, our launch and our first service. And I, I just wanted to mention a, a few other things. Uh, when we launched, we were meeting, uh, in a dance studio that's out on, uh, Cemetery and 270 that's not even there anymore. It's kind of behind Tim Hortons. It was a glamorous location. You can trust me on that, right? We were, we were meeting there. And I'll never forget, I think it was the second time we did baptisms. Uh, we were trying to drain the baptism tank and we would just put the hose in the, in the, uh, one of the toilets in the bathroom and kind of let gravity do its thing and the water would go down. And someone tripped over the hose and kicked, kicked it out of the toilet and the tank continued to just drain in the bathroom first all over the floor. And then it ran under the walls and into the other bathroom and into the lobby and everywhere. And someone came and got me and they're like, Mark, there's hundreds of gallons of water spilling everywhere. What do we do? And I was like, I don't know what we do, right? And so, uh, looking back on that time, there, there's just some, some crazy stories and crazy things that happened. And the, the woman that ran that location, uh, maybe, maybe wasn't a fan of us. And now I look back and I'm like, yeah, we weren't very likable. I can see why she didn't like us. If you ever spill hundreds of gallons of water, what you do is, you just mop it and you just keep mopping till it evaporates. Eventually, if you spread it out, it'll go away. So that's what we did, uh, as we launched there. About a year into our existence, uh, the, the Hilliard Raypatch Family YMCA approached us and said, hey, we would love for you to meet at this YMCA. And I cannot say thank you to them enough. They have been just just an incredible partner. Uh, the, the first director, uh, Malik, and, and then Corey Hughes, and, and now Patrick, who's here in attendance today. Um, can we just say thank you to them? They've been so good to us. We... We partner with them. That's a fancy word for inconvenience. And yet they, they love us and, and take care of us and believe in what we do and believe in the community we're building. And so we're grateful for them. Uh, I remember in, in 2015, we got our first office, our little house there that we have on Cemetery Road. Uh, and I remember that I was like terrified that we had to pay for it every month. And I was like, I'm not going to hang anything on the walls. I'm not going to move in. We're going to lose this place. This whole thing could go sideways. And, and, uh, Phil Hill was like, Mark, you need to, you need to calm down and hang something on the walls. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And so it's, it's been fun. Just these different milestones. I remember in 2016, when we brought in our first church planning resident, Joel and Morgan Trainer, uh, who eventually planted Three Creeks Church. And uh, just uh, people were making comments to me. They're like, that's like kids having kids over there. And, you know, we were like, yes, maybe it is. But I, I look back on that and I'm, I'm so proud of, of the way that, that you gave and sacrificed and the way that we sent them and what God has done. I feel the same way about a contrast church. Uh, they, we brought in our second resident, Trey and Sarah Gilmore, and we sent them out. And we didn't know there would be a worldwide pandemic. Planning a church in a pandemic apparently is not a great idea, but, but we told them it was a good idea and they believed it was a good idea and we sent them out. 
uh, and, and they're on the verge of being self-supporting here this summer. And so just so proud of the things that God has done over these last couple of years. And I was thinking back, uh, even as I mentioned a pandemic, uh, you know, the fact that, that we as a church couldn't meet for, for over a year and we regathered and no one really knew what was going on that time. We met as house churches during the pandemic and we watched the service and tried to be community for each other in the ways that God grew us and, and, and drew us to each other, the ways that, that, that God kind of solidified our vision. We, we did a capital campaign during a pandemic while we weren't able to meet. That's like a triple negative, I think, or something there. Um, what a, what an awesome, terrible God idea. And yet God blessed that. And, and then, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we moved back into the Y here as things settled down. We went back to two services this last fall and, and, and this fall we'll be able to move into that building. And so I've just been thinking and, and reminiscing of all the ways that God has blessed us and, and, and grown us and things he's done. And, and it's, it's cool um, because we've always had this, this same phrase. We've always said that we want to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We want to be intentional and contagious with the, with the love of Jesus. And yet sometimes I think uh, we wonder like, well, what is, what does that mean? Well, here's, here's what that meant for me. When I, lived up in Powell when I was a youth pastor at Grace Powell before we had moved here, I had an opportunity just to, to be involved in the life of my next door neighbor, Andy. And over time, Andy uh, came to know Jesus. Late one night at his house, he, he texted me and said, hey, can you come over? I got a lot going on. I want to talk. And, and I got to be there and help lead my neighbor, Andy, to, to Jesus. And it was well after midnight when that happened. And I, I came home and I did what any hyper-Christian would do. I woke my wife, Kristen, up and I said, Andy gave his life to Jesus. And she's like, oh, okay. You know, she's kingdom-minded, but just not at 1 a.m., I promise. And um she, she's just like, well, okay. And I said, we've got to, we've got to find a church for him to go to. And, and, uh, she's like, we, we're on staff at a church. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we are. I guess we are on staff at a church, right? And it wasn't, that wasn't about that church. That wasn't about Andy. I think that was, that was telling me, uh, since I was younger, God had put in my heart, um, to, to start and, and lead a church where, where people, uh, that, that hadn't had the luxury of, of growing up in the church or didn't have Christian parents like myself, a, a church that they could be integrated into, a church where people could come to know Jesus, where they could be discipled, where they could grow up, where they could be mature, where they could bring their friends, where they could see that church make an impact in the community. And you kind of heard in that video, uh, as we looked around the research and the demographics and, and all the things that we could study and look at and the advice of our, our, our elders and encounter church and the wisdom of them, they, everyone kind of agreed that place is, is Hilliard. And so we, we moved here with just that vision to see new life, new believers, new baptisms, new churches, and all those things. And, and we've seen those things take place. And, and so that first week we met as a launch team, uh, those, those 26 people, I have become over 400 people involved in the Life of Movement Church, and those 26 people have become two services that, that will meet here today. And those two movement groups that, that we had in the beginning have now become 21 movement groups. And that 5% that we said, hey, let's put this aside for church planning and, and, and see God use it, ha, have become two wonderful churches that totaled out or are probably bigger than us in meeting in Gehenna and Grandview today. And so um, I just am, am so... Uh, in awe of what God has done over these last 10 years. And we never want to see those things stop. And, and so um have just a, a few minutes here today. I thought it would be good maybe to to just focus us on some things that that have been um, 
core elements of, of what God has done in the last 10 years, core elements of, of what we've tried to, to stay faithful to. Uh, because I think if we can stay faithful to those things, we can honor our past and honor our history and also honor our, our future. And so I want to just take us to uh, the book of Acts this morning, if that's all right. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2. Uh, if you've got one of those Bibles that's under your chair or on your chair, we're going to be on page 655 in Acts chapter 2. And eventually we'll get to verse 32 here. But most of you know, I think you know the, the book of Acts. You know that the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the gospels tell the story of the life, the ministry, the death, burial, and resurrection of, of Jesus. And after Jesus gave his life so that we could know God, so that we could walk with him, we see a lot of things going on in the book of Acts. Jesus, Jesus is going back to, to heaven to prepare a place for us. And he says, listen, I want you to live for me. I want you to make disciples. He says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to, to help you do that, to, to help you live on mission for me. And in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is, is sent. And what we know as the church age is in motion. The church age starts, and so it's time for the followers of Jesus to build disciples, make disciples, to build community, to push people to community. And the book of Acts kind of gives us the, the blueprint for what should happen in the church, what the church should look like. And there's a, there's a great amount of confusion going on. Jesus has left, and, and the Holy Spirit has shown up, and people are like, all right, we've got Jesus, what's next? And there's a, a man named uh, Peter who, who steps on the scene in Acts 2, 32 and, and kind of sets the record straight and says, this is what's taken place. This is what you're seeing. This is what needs to happen going forward. And this is what this should mean for our lives. And so these are the words of Peter in Acts chapter two, verse 32, page 655. He, he says this, God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away. All who have been called by the Lord are God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. There's always going to be confusion in life. There's always going to be darkness. There's always going to be sin. And, and as followers of Jesus, we are sent to add clarity and proclaim the gospel to this world. And so what are, what are the things that we've done in the past that we've tried to do, that we've done our best to do, that will, will help us into the future? The first one is this. As a church, we want to embody the gospel. We want to embody the gospel. That means that we have to know the gospel. That means that we have to live the gospel. That means that we have to communicate the gospel. And the gospel is this, my favorite way, my favorite verse, one line to say, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We have to embody the gospel. And if, if embodies too fancy of a word, and it probably is because it's pretty early, here's what we have to do. We have to connect the gospel to people. 
We've seen that happen. I know that many of you have, have worked faithfully to, to do that, and we want to continue to do that. We want to connect the gospel to people, and to do that, we have to run after people. We have to pursue people. We have to have relationships with people. We have to let people know that, that God has an unconditional love for them, and no matter what they've done, no matter how they've messed up, God is giving them a grace that, that they don't deserve because he loves them so much. They don't have to have everything figured out but they have to surrender their life and turn and, and repent. And we want to pursue people with the gospel. Here's the, the part I, I want to kind of advise us on a little bit today. How can we get this wrong? Well, if we, if we don't have the, the gospel, we, uh, we'll, we'll sort of just be a, a social club. It's a social club of people hanging out. And I want you to know that we are more than a country club. yes. There are people who, who comb their hair when they come here because they want to look good. I try to put on shoes because I don't have hair and I want to impress you. But, but, but today is not about looking good or sounding good. We want to be a group of people, a group of believers who embody the gospel and connect people to the gospel around the world and in Hilliard and in every relationship we have. And if we don't do that, we'll just be a social club and we are more than a social club. As the gospel takes root in Acts 2, we see some other things happening. And so this is Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. We read these verses often to focus us on this concept. But this is what it says in verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. As, as believers embody the gospel, as people come to know the gospel, the good news of Jesus, as people see that they're walking toward death and, and nothing and they turn and, and give their lives to Jesus, as people respond to the gospel, we see community built and we see a community formed. We see that in this book and we've seen that here in Hilliard and on the west side of Columbus. And as people respond to the gospel, it's important that they have intimate community to, to foster what the gospel is doing in their lives. And so we don't want to just embody the gospel. We want to engage in community. We want to be people who are committed to community, not the concept of community, not the word community, because it sounds good. We want to be people who complicate and inconvenience our lives so that we can share in community. We want to be people who show the gospel when we help our friends move and no one wants to help their friends move. You don't have to say it because I will. We want to be people who show up and do projects at each other's houses. We want to be people who show up at the hospital when families are going through bad times because we're intimately involved in community. We want to connect people to community. We don't just get in community ourselves and stop there. We want to connect others to community so they can see and experience the body of Christ. And let the body of Christ transform and change them and show them hope. And I, I want to let you know there's, there's really one way that, that we could get this wrong is, is just by not having community. And if we don't have community, we become a selfish club. Some of you were like, I've never heard of a selfish club, probably because they're not fun to be in, right? Your school had like a drama club, maybe, maybe some other after school clubs. I don't think anyone's joining the selfish club. It's just one that's not really popular, right? But if, if we don't have community, if we can't live in community and let people see community and experience community, 
community, if we can't show community to each other and encourage each other, we're just being selfish. We don't want to be selfish. We want to embody the gospel and engage in community. And as the book of Acts goes on, we see the third principle I want to point out today in the life of a man named Barnabas. This is chapter 4, verses 32 and on. It says this, Acts 4, 32. It says, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt what they had was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There was no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was a man, for instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came to the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. When the gospel is, is taking hold, when community is happening, there's something that comes out of community. And this man named Barnabas knew, Barnabas knew that and he experienced that. He, he didn't have much. I mean, he probably had been a believer for a short season. He was someone that probably wasn't a a leader, wasn't the smartest guy, wasn't the most mature person in the room. But what he knew was that he, he knew the gospel and he had experienced community and he was living on mission. And so he sold that field and used what God gave him as part of that mission. He was an encourager. He was generous And he gave from what he had, and he gave from where he was. Later in Acts 11, the gospel spreads, and Christians are being persecuted and pushed to other places, and they're sharing the gospel where they are, and people are coming to know Jesus, and churches are springing up in in different towns and areas and places. And so this church sends Barnabas, this guy who once upon a time was just like, hey, I've got a field. Can anyone use the money for my field? Now he's a person that they're sending to encourage believers, and they're sending to help rally these churches. And then in chapter 14, we see him traveling, multiplying churches, multiplying believers, investing in people, passing on leadership, and making exponential leaders who can raise up leaders, who raise up leaders, who raise up leaders. And so in Barnabas, we see this third principle that we want to see where the gospel takes hold and people mature and serve and give and grow and take next steps. We often use that phrase that we want to see people take their next step. In the life of Barnabas, we saw him empower others. Barnabas came to know Jesus and someone helped mature his faith and empowered him. And out of that, he empowered others who empowered others who empowered others who empowered others. And we're part of that spiritual lineage today. Out of the love of Jesus, out of the gospel, we commit to community. Out of community, we commit to mission. And out of mission, we impact the world. We go from community to mission. How can we get this wrong? Well, if we don't have mission, if we lack mission, if we just think that we're an intimate group of people hanging out, we're we're kind of just a, a safety club. That's another very unpopular after-school club, by the way. No one wants to be in the safety club, right? We, we want to be people who are living on mission and taking risks. And our, our history is not a history. Our, our brief tenure history as a church is not a history of, of safety. God has blessed us, and we've been able to empower people and send them on mission. In fact, I don't, I don't, we don't, maybe don't say this enough, but 25% of the adults who have called Movement Church home have been sent on mission as part of the launch teams of the church we've planted. 
And so one of every four people that you would look around that that maybe would still be here if we were playing things safe has been sent to plant churches, sent to be pioneers, and we are so proud of what they've done. And the churches that are meeting this morning and the way God is using them because of that. And so I wanted in my final few minutes here to just share some stories of what God has done because you were willing to give and send people and because the people that were sent were willing to go. And so here's some stories from Three Creeks Church, the church that we planted in 2017 in Gehenna. There's a picture here. This first picture is of Jamie Myers. These are the words of Joel Trainer, the pastor over there. Jamie gave her life to Jesus in November of 2020 at Three Creeks Church. She's now on our First Impressions leadership team in a community group and our local impact care community director. She prepares the communion tables every Sunday our church takes communion. Here's another picture. This is Cody Kerr. Cody recommitted his life to Jesus on Easter of 2021 and has never been the same. He was baptized in September of 2021, joined a community group, and now serves on our setup and teardown team. This next picture here is of the Gehanna moms. Morgan Trainer and a group of friends that she met through that community network of moms in Gehanna have come to Three Creeks Church, and one at a time, they've joined the church, and they're involved in a group and serve on a volunteer team. Here's another picture of Trevor and Madeline Huffman. Trevor and Madeline met at Three Creeks in 2019, started dating, got married, took a trip to Africa together, and have now committed to being full-time overseas missionaries, being sent from Three Creeks in 2023. This next picture is Tom Hewling. Tom came to Three Creeks in 2019 as a wandering soul. His passion for Jesus has been reignited, and he's established a career where he works full-time with Design Outreach, a ministry that works to eliminate global poverty through life-sustaining technology. And if you're wondering, wow, I don't know any of those people, I don't either. I don't know any of these people. And that's the impact of what you've been a part of. These are stories from Contrast Church that we sent in 2020 to Grandview. This first picture is Amin Choudhury. Amin has Muslim parents and decided he didn't agree with Muslim faith at a young age. He came to contrast around the fall of 2022 and a month later decided to follow Jesus. He got baptized at their winter retreat and since then he's dove into discipleship and relationship, a core group, and he's serving in a bunch of capacities. This next picture is the Smiths. They joined Contrast Church shortly after being married and moving to the area. And as struggling newlyweds, they were able to find significant healing through that church and through their mental health fund. They also decided to foster in their 20s, which led them to being placed with two girls for over a year before they were reunified. And Contrast was able to support them along that journey. This next picture is is Paul Burke. Paul came to Contrast in 2020 with his wife, and he'd never been a part of a deep Jesus community. He pretty quickly decided to take Jesus serious in following him, and he got baptized, and a few months later, started leading a core group. Now he's become one of the wisest men at their church and one of the most generous. This next picture is is Jerry Sai. He decided to follow Jesus after 30-something years, and after a life full of partying, career opportunities, and lots of other things, he found true life in Jesus and joined Contrast as they were getting started. Since then, he's been the director of their connection team. He's taught on Sundays. He's been a part of this extensive apprenticeship cohort they're doing and so many other things. And this last picture is of the Young Life team in Grandview. One by one, the leaders of Central Columbus Young Life started coming to Contrast Church in order to be poured into and find a community to be a part of. And since then, they brought countless high school students and college students, and some of them have even been baptized and 
They've been helped in their journey and helped in the ministry that they pour out with every week. And I I tell you that just to to celebrate those things. We don't want to be a social club. We don't want to be a a safety club. And and we don't want to be people who are just worried about ourselves. We want to take the gospel, engage in community, and then live on mission. Our theme this morning is just this. We're connecting the gospel to people, people to community, and community to mission. And so in the time that, that I have left, you're sitting in a church that's 10 years old. Some of you are like, man, that's young. And some of you are like, wow, that's really old. But I want us to know that as Movement Church gets older, the things around us and the things that God is building are going to seem bigger. The, the house my wife and I bought in, in 2016, we bought because of the backyard, because they're, they're, it's just a great place to hang out. But there's these two oak trees that are there that the, the man who built the house in, in 1965 planted those trees then. And, and they're like, I don't know, gigantic now. They just tower over that place and, and make it feel like a, a mystery garden where you can hang out with. But these trees are so big that they dwarf everything else in the backyard. We have some other trees and they, they just look cute and little because they're not as big as that one. And I, I fear for our future as, as some of the things that we, we've built and that God has built become established and get big that we'll, we'll, we'll come to maybe not respect small things or, or new things that are starting up or, or new life. I mean, you can imagine if a, if a tree went up to the ceiling of this place and you, you could look at that, and you'd be like, wow, look at that tree. And then if I said, hey, look here, I've got a, I've got a seed. We can plant another tree. Sometimes as things are, are big and they're expansive and they're established and they've grown, we just think like, why do we need that when we have this, this tree? I want to remind us and encourage us that the gospel always plants new seeds. So when we say that we want to connect people to the gospel, that's not something that just happened in 2012. That's not a phrase or a slogan that we'll do this year and not worry about. Going forward, from here on out, we want to be a place that in an ongoing manner connects people to the gospel, and in an ongoing manner connects people to community, and in an ongoing manner connects community to mission. We want to plant gospel seeds. We want to plant seeds stepping out in faith. We want to know that we are gifted, know that we are called, know that the Holy Spirit is putting things in your heart, and we want you to see that that God can do those things in you. We want you to respond to those things that God is investing in you. We want to continually plant new seeds, and don't look around and think like, oh, that other ministry is so big, or oh, that other church is so big, or oh, there's a lot of people that are more mature than me. You are never too young to respond to what the Holy Spirit has put in your heart. You're never too young or too immature to plant gospel seeds and to reproduce yourself in the life of others and make disciples. In the next years, we want to send out other church plants. I hope that everyone doesn't leave. If they do, I guess we'll take that hint. But, but, but it's my belief and my prayer that maybe our next church planter is in this room right now. That, that maybe members of our next launch team are in this room right now and that God has been growing them in the gospel, investing in them in community, and is now pushing them to mission. Maybe you go on that launch team, maybe you plant that church, maybe you just say, you know what, I've been in a movement group for a long time. I think it's time for me to start a movement group. I've got some people in my neighborhood, some friends, some people that I know, and I'm, I'm going to build community because the gospel has taken root in me. I want to ask you this morning, as we look at some of these things that have been a part of our DNA and shaped us, which one of these connections is missing? Are you, are you connected to Jesus? Are you connecting other people to Jesus? Are you connected to community? 
Are you connecting other people to community? Are you connected to mission? Are you helping connect others and those around you as we build a culture here? Are you connecting other people to mission? We want to be a place where we can connect the gospel to people, people to community, and community to mission. Those have been some guiding principles in the past and things that we we believe will steer us in the future. And so take a moment and ask yourself, which one of those connections is, is missing? If you would want to talk to someone about what it means to, to know the gospel, to know the good news of Jesus, to know, know Jesus, to have a personal relationship with him, to run after him, to rest in relationship with him and know peace, we'd love to talk to you at the next steps table. If you'd love to talk to someone about joining a group or starting a group or, or starting a new ministry that God has put in your heart, we'd love to also talk to you at the next steps table. And if you want to maybe talk about planning that church, I'll take you out for steak this week. All right, come and talk to me and and we can talk more about that. We believe the gospel is real in our lives. God has been growing the gospel and making disciples as we engage in community and as we empower others. And we want to see that happen in the future. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for celebrating with us. Happy birthday, Movement Church. Thank you, God, for what you built. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, for bringing peace and and order to the chaos and the the sin of our world. Lord, thank you for the ways that you build the gospel in us and you let us walk with you and follow you and be your disciples. God, thank you for the ways that you build community and the ways that you send us on mission. Lord, we want to be a church that is sent, that is responding to mission that's loving you and pursuing you with all of our hearts. God, thank you for all that you've built over the last 10 years. Thank you for the ways that you've sustained us and grown us and pushed us and the ways that we've seen you move. Lord, we want to celebrate that. We want to sing and and just be grateful for all you've done. It's in the name of Jesus that we say thank you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We hope wherever you are, this message encourages you to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com.